welcome to Heritage Mississauga's second webinar in our series, Black Heritage Matters. Today, we will be meeting with Kathy Grant, who will be speaking on Black Canadian veterans. We would like to thank our sponsors for the series, the City of Mississauga and the Community Foundation of Mississauga's Hazel McCallion Fund for Arts, Culture and Heritage. I would like to now introduce the Chief Executive Officer of the Foundation, Glenn Gomoka, to say a few words. Over to you, Glenn. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this afternoon to celebrate Black History Month with you. I'm really looking forward to the presentation and hearing the stories of Black Canadian veterans as well, so I'm not going to take a lot of time. For those of you who are not as familiar with the Community Foundation, I'll just take a minute or two just to explain who we are and what we do. Um, and by the way, this is the best part of my job is being able to engage with uh, the organizations that we fund and, and to learn about the amazing projects that they do. Uh, the Community Foundation of Mississauga launched in 2001, so we just celebrated 20 years of serving our community. Um, we provide grant funding to charitable organizations such as Heritage Mississauga, who then uh, deliver incredible programming and services to the community. And it's all with the goal of improving quality of life for all the citizens in our city. Over the past 20 years, we've delivered about $22 million in grant funding to charities in the city of Mississauga, including $2 million of COVID relief emergency funding that we delivered throughout the pandemic. Um, all of this work is really um, attributable to the amazing support that we receive from our donors and the um, sort of unique operating model that we operate under. So whenever somebody makes a donation to the Community Foundation, whether it be an individual, a corporation, or a group of people, we pool all of that funding together and we invest it. And we have a professional investment management firm that manages our, those assets on our behalf. And then each year we take a portion of the investment income and we use it for granting. And we grant to uh, organizations in arts, culture, and heritage, as well as in education and healthcare programs, social services, and the environment. So really trying to cover every aspect of community life in the city of Mississauga. And because we hold our donations in perpetuity, it means that every donated dollar to the foundation generates grant funding uh, forever into the future. And so that's how we really have, uh, we maximize the impact of our work in the community. So that's just a little bit about the foundation. Um, encourage everybody to uh, visit our website if you want to learn more about the Community Foundation of Mississauga or reach out to me directly. I'm going to close off just by saying once again, it's a pleasure uh, to be here today. Thank you for including me in this session. Um, and I uh, hope you everybody enjoys the session. I'm looking forward to the presentation. I'm going to turn things back over to Jamie now. Thank you. Born in Montreal to Barbadian immigrants, Kathy Grant is a public historian and founder of Legacy Voices, which ensures Black Canadian history is documented and preserved. Kathy has made educational presentations to municipalities, schools, and community organizations, and works to promote an inclusive approach to storytelling and historical documentation. Kathy was invited by the French Embassy in Ottawa to attend the 95th anniversary of the Battle of Vimy Ridge, and subsequently invited by the War Museum in Ottawa to present her number two construction battalion Great War exhibit for the 100th anniversary of the number two on Remembrance Day in 2016. Over the past decade, Kathy has undertaken extensive research on the contributions of African Canadians in the First World War and assisted Veterans Affairs Canada in the development of the department's commemorative resources on the military service of Black Canadians. Kathy was the 2020 recipient of the 100 Accomplished Black Canadian Women Award in the category of History. 
Kathy was chosen to work with Yap Films as lead historian for the documentary on Black soldiers who served Canada in the Second World War. Remembrance Day 2021, the documentary aired on the History Channel and subsequently on Global TV and Amazon Prime. In November 2021, Kathy was part of a select team of historians and researchers that launched the website BlackCanadianVeterans.com. Welcome, Kathy. Over to you. My pleasure, and thank you so much for uh, inviting me. I just want to say thank you to Heritage Mississauga, and I want to uh, get right into uh, the video. I was uh, born in Montreal, and it has been my absolute pleasure to document and digitize the contributions of our Black Canadian veterans. If you can start with the first video about the Second World War veterans. Thank you so much. Uh, that video was honoring the fallen soldiers that passed away between the First World War right up until Afghanistan. And as part of our website, Black Canadian Veteran Stories, a tribute to the fallen. And if we can start with the, um, the slideshow presentation and we can go from here. Welcome everyone. Uh, this is uh, what my uh, website looks like, Black Canadian Veteran Stories. And uh, if we can go to the next slide, please. Okay, uh, this is a picture of me at Parliament Hill. And underneath there are a group of uh, World War II veterans and Korean War veterans that we interviewed in Ottawa. And uh, back in 2007, I wrote, uh, I got in contact with Veterans Affairs Canada to um, identify that the Veterans Affairs website Canada Remembers, uh, there was a shortage of Black veterans appearing on their site. So I got in contact with them in June of 2007, and I, I made a statement, I posed a question. And my statement was, I understand that Canada Remembers endeavors to keep alive the achievements and sacrifices made by those who served Canada in times of war. And out of the hundreds of videos that I saw on their site, I only saw that four were commemorating members of the Black community. And I understood that the Chinese community uh, was having their stories recorded and a couple dozen of them had been done. So I asked what steps were required to increase the numbers of Black Canadian veterans. 
And I also wrote the Minister of Veterans Affairs Canada, the Honorable Greg Thompson, who is from uh, New Brunswick. And I was surprised that within a couple of weeks, he wrote me back. And he uh, put me in contact with the, uh, the group at Veterans Affairs Canada. And we began the journey of uh, videotaping our World War II and our Black veterans. Next slide. The purpose. The purpose of doing all of this was a promise I made to my dad. Uh, my dad was Owen Moe, and he volunteered to fight for Canada from the island of Barbados. He was in both the Canadian Army as well as the RCAF. And after the war, he went to uh, Sir George Williams College as well as McGill University. Uh, he was a community member of the Negro Community Center. He was a student liaison officer uh, for all of the West Indian students studying in Canada for about six years. Uh, he became part of the consular service. He was a diplomat. He was the head of the Prison for Women Social Development in Kingston. Uh, in 2000, a wreath was laid to honor the West Indian veterans. And in 2005, a plaque at the War Museum in Ottawa was made to honor the veterans. And I'm going to read this, the poem that my dad wrote before he left Barbados. And he wrote, land of my birth, O dearest earth, beneath whose shining skies I toil. I must now leave thy sacred soil and risk my blood on foreign lands to save thee from the harsh demands which tyrants heartless would impose if none to freedom's call arose. I go with warm tears in my eyes, for I shall miss thy smiling skies, the rapture of thy myriad stars, those festive nights with soft guitars, my love, and all that I hold dear, which just in dreams can now be near. Land of my birth, so filled with mirth, I go and I may not return, but fires of my love shall burn for thee, bright as a noonday sun, sure as a victory to be won. My dad, uh, throughout his life, the entire time, he, he attributed his success in life to uh, serving Canada in the Second World War. And throughout his life, he spent decades, um, I guess, preserving, interviewing veterans. And he thought that by showing these examples, he wanted to write a book but he wanted to show examples of the positive contributions of, um, of black men and women. The majority of them that served, they lived to be uh, great Canadian citizens. And right up until my dad um, died, he was talking about make sure to get the Canadian government to recognize not only the contributions of its black soldiers, black West Indian soldiers, but all the black soldiers uh, from pre-Confederation until current. But right now, there is a plaque in the War Museum in Ottawa that honors the contributions of its Black Canadian soldiers. Next slide, please. Okay, uh, this here is a picture of uh, Tamus Gale. He was a Second World War veteran, and he spent almost a decade documenting uh, approximately 1,300 to 1,500 Black World War I veterans that uh, fought for Canada or enlisted in Canada and Don 
the Canadian uniform. And many people know about the segregated number two construction battalion, but most people are not aware that there were uh, hundreds that were in non-segregated units. And uh, a lot of veterans that volunteered to fight, um, they were patriotic like all other Canadians. And, and it was their sincere hope that if they proved themselves on the battlefield, that they would enjoy the same rights and freedom that they were fighting for. And they had not been afforded, uh, that, that had been afforded to other white Canadians. Uh, what many people uh, are not aware of is that um, members of the black community like right up until um, the Second World War and shortly afterwards, a lot of times they couldn't go into restaurants, they couldn't go into certain movie theaters, they couldn't go into skating rinks. And they thought, well, perhaps if we showed that we could defend Canada, perhaps we would get um, the treatment that we were fighting for. Um, next slide, please. This here is a picture of Tamus's father. He fought uh, or he volunteered for the number two construction battalion from the island of Jamaica. And uh, there were approximately 700 men who served in that unit and it was a labor unit. They didn't fight, uh, they weren't given rifles, they were uh, working in the forestry corps. And while he was overseas, uh, William was born in Jamaica and volunteered for Canada. He observed like when he was on leave that there were blacks who were in non-segregated units. And he shared this information with his sons like uh, when they were younger and both of his sons uh, volunteered to fight for Canada in the second world war and uh, both of them came home. Um, next slide. Uh, this is Sir, Sir, Sir Sam Hughes, who was a minister of the militia. And in the first world war, uh, recruiting officers were free to accept or reject black recruits as they pleased, which meant that some recruiting officers uh, accepted blacks into the ranks, but the vast majority refused them when they went to enlist. And that is one of the reasons why number two construction battalion was formed. It was to allow the uh, black veterans or the, or the black soldiers to, to serve Canada. And uh, number two construction battalion, it, it launched on uh, the 5th of July, 1916. And some of the um, activities that they did was they maintained logging roads, they operated the boilers, the water system, they provided electricity. They provided valuable work for those who were at the front lines. So you needed lumber to um, build the trenches. All of that was important work. So even though they were a labor battalion, they provided um, great work for, for Canada. Uh, next slide. This is a picture of the number two construction battalion in Windsor. And the number two construction battalion, they uh, sourced uh, soldiers from all across Canada and, and some from the United States and some came up from the West Indies. And this is a picture of them in Windsor, Ontario in November of 1916. Next slide. Okay, this here is a picture of, of a night telegram that uh, was sent saying that they wanted to 
use a number two construction or they wanted to form a band to get more um, black soldiers to enlist in the segregated battalion. They hoped to get about a thousand members, but they were noticing that they, uh, they weren't coming as quickly as they had hoped. So they decided to see if they could drum up a band to go and help encourage um, recruit, recruitment. So this is a, a copy of a night telegram that was sent from the acting minister of the militia to um, Lieutenant Colonel Sutherland, who was the commanding officer of the battalion. And this was taken from Live in Archives Canada. Next slide, please. This is a picture of the number two construction band. I'm going to um, highlight two of the members that are in it. The person who is um, holding the, the giant tuba who's on the left, uh, he had five of his sons serve Canada in the Second World War in the Royal Canadian Air Force. And two of his sons were, were cadets. And just this past weekend, the Toronto Star had an article that talks about the Cardi family. Um, the other person who has a saxophone was born in New Brunswick. His name is George William Stewart. And he was the band leader. And he's mentioned in the war diaries on Bastille Day and his daughter um, married Fred Hodges, who was also in the RCAF, and he went on to receive the Order of Canada. Uh, Blanche, his daughter Blanche lived to be 102. And one of the purposes of our website, as well as our Facebook page, is to tell the stories of these men. A lot of them are absent from, um, from uh, like the Veterans Affairs or, or previously the Veterans Affairs website, but also when it talks about like war history, you don't really see many members of the Black community. And we just want to show that, yes, we served, we were proud to serve, even though a lot of times we didn't have the same privileges, like we were just as patriotic as everybody else. Next slide, please. And this is George William Stewart. Uh, this is part of the Great War Project. And we had taken all of the research that was done by Tama Scale, and we entered a lot of this information into the Great War Project. So um, members of the public can go and visit the Great War Project and see uh, the records of these soldiers that we've input the information. Next slide. This slide here is from the war diary. And if you take a look at the highlighted portion, it shows that he, uh, George William Stewart, said the band on the national day to honor the French Republic, uh, the band of this company under the leadership of Sergeant George William Stewart played the national anthem at a program and greatly assisted in making the event a memorable one. Um, next slide. Okay, um, this is just talking about uh, the number two construction battalion and it being authorized and it was staffed by white officers, except for its chaplain, Captain William Andrew White. And it talks about when they made it to England or they made it to England and then to Southern France and a bit of the work that they did. So I have already covered that piece. One thing about Captain William Andrew White, he had a daughter by the name of Portia White who was a famous um, opera singer. 
uh, in the 1940s, right up until uh, when she passed away in the 1960s. Next slide, please. This is a picture of number two construction battalion in, uh, it says November, 1916, it actually is uh, 1917. And they are uh, with all of the wood that they had chucked down and getting ready. You can see like the horses and you can see all of the lumber that is there. So you can see uh, three of them there and there is another uh, white member there. It was part of the forestry corps. So you can see like the magnitude of the, of the forest there. Next slide. This is a picture of Blanche who lived to be um, 100 years old. And she is a daughter of George William Stewart. She lived to be 102. Uh, one story about Blanche, uh, we found out that her father, uh, when he was over in France, he had an affair with this um, young lady and out popped a black child. And in 2010, we were contacted uh, by the grandson and he was looking to see if we could um, find his father. And the only thing that his mother had told him was that his, um, his father uh, played the saxophone and he was in an all black unit. And I happened to be in Ottawa at the time and I found a picture of the band and the person in France also said, and his name was either Stuart or Steward. So we pulled all the records from Library and Archives Canada and we found that there was a Stuart who was a band member of, um, of number two construction battalion. So we were able to go and identify him. And we wanted to tell Blanche that she had um, a relative. It, it would have been um, her brother and the nursing home and the family said, no, we can't tell her, it might kill her. I said, but she's 102 years old. And they said, no, um, we might kill her. And then she ended up dying a few, a few months later, um, which was kind of sad, but I was glad in a way that if I had told her and she would have died, they might've blamed me. Next slide. This here is a picture of Henry Thomas Shepherd. And Henry Thomas Shepherd was a World War I veteran who was not part of a segregated unit. Um, he enlisted in the um, Canadian Expeditionary Force in 1915, and he was wounded and he was awarded the 1914 Star, the General Service Medal and Victory Medal. And he returned to Canada and he got married and he raised a family of seven children. He was one of the founding members of the Georgetown Legion. And he, in 1937, he received the Coronation Medal. Also, um, he, uh, he was also appointed the chief of the Georgetown Fire Department in 1938. In the Second World War, uh, he wanted to join, but because he was wounded, he was not gonna be going overseas, but he trained at the University Armies in Toronto and was sent to Newmarket Training Center as a company sergeant major. And he was one of the, the first black country or company sergeant majors CSM. And in 1944, he was part of the King's Honor List and made a member of the Order of the British Empire, MPE. 
And you can learn more about Henry Thomas Shepherd at an online exhibit in Halton Hills. They've named a park after him. They have named um, a street after him. Uh, we were able to take part of, of his records to an exhibit that we had in Ottawa in 2016, honoring black soldiers in the First World War. Um, just a, an, an example of giving opportunities to other people. I know that a lot of, um, in the First World War, a lot of black men were denied because they did not think that they would make good soldiers. But we have many examples of black soldiers that were in non-segregated units that went on to win uh, awards at the Distinguished Conduct Medal at Passchendaele, uh, awards at Vimy, awards at Hill 70. Um, part of Canadian history that is mostly unknown. Next slide. This here, we just discovered this um, yesterday. One of our uh, Facebook friends uh, found like, in her collection an invitation that was sent to her grandfather, who's, uh, who's Reverend Drake. And it was an unveiling of the first and only memorial tablet erected in honor of the, of the heroes of number two construction battalion. And these were the men who died in the great war. And at the parliament buildings in Toronto at Queens Park, there is a plaque to honor them. And um, J.R.D. Whitney is, was the editor of the Canadian Observer and who was part of the organizers of the fund to have this happen. Um, he highlighted her grandfather. So you see Reverend, S.R. R. Drake, but what stuck out to me was in the top left on the agenda, it says Sir Robert L. Borden, who was the Prime Minister of Canada. So there is a giant panorama um, exhibit or, 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 or image that we're trying to see if he ended up attending that event. Uh, next slide. This here is the um, back of the letter and it says, Dear Reverend Drake, you will know that your name appears on the program. We trust you will favor us with a short address, J.R.B. Whitney. Information courtesy of granddaughter Tracy Kane. So that was just yesterday that um, I have 1922, it should say 2022. So apologies for that, but that was, um, that was yesterday. So I decided to go and include that as part of the exhibit today. And I'm looking forward to finding out more information in regards to this. Next slide, please. So this here is part of the panorama and the person who was in the middle is her grandfather, um, Reverend Drake. And these are all the people, there was over 200 people who were in this picture. And uh, the picture is on the website for the city of Toronto. And look at how dignified these, uh, these individuals look. And you don't really see many of these images in um, as part of Canadian history. And um, I was very proud to go and see this. And she was very proud to see her, her grandfather. Next slide, please. This is what the panorama looks like. And we're trying to determine who is in this image, if the prime minister who was invited, if he ended up coming. But we're trying to identify who um, the veterans are in this picture, as well as who some of the individuals are. 
the person who's in the middle um, of the uh, panorama who was next to a person in a beefy suit and a, um, a looks like a general is J.R.B. Whitney. And he was able to, um, he was very much involved with recruiting in Toronto for the first world war for number two construction battalion. Next slide, please. Okay, so in the first world war, some of the individuals that got awards for um, bravery, James Post, he got the Distinguished Conduct Medal um, at Passchendaele, he was an underage soldier. He, he joined at the age of 15. He was part of the 4th Canadian Mounted Rifles. There was James Grant who got the Military Medal. Lancelot um, Bertrand also got a medal at, uh, he was an officer. Very few people know that there were some officers that were in the First World War. Um, he died and he was infantry. Um, killed in action, Brandy Sims, um, he died. Um, first of all, uh, James Monroe Franklin's another person who volunteered to fight, he was underage and he got killed. John Mansfield, who's part of the number two construction battalion was a hockey player. And he, um, his image appears on a Canada Post stamp by the colored hockey team. And when he was overseas, he complained that he was feel, feeling ill and the men or, or the um, officers thought that he was faking. And then he ended up dying. And then um, afterwards, uh, Reverend William White in his diary, he was the only black officer said, I guess they know that John Manfield was not faking. And that diary is at um, Live in Archives Canada and it's also um, included in our website. Next slide, please. This here um, is a youth, engaging youth to learn about our stories. Um, in, in the year 2000, in the year 2000, my dad started laying a wreath to honor the West Indian soldiers that fought for Canada in the Second World War. And my dad died in 2005. And we've continued that legacy um, since the year 2000. This is gonna be like 22 years, I think this year. And um, we have uh, students, we have cadets. We had a uh, Curly Christian who lost all four of his limbs at the Battle of Vimy Ridge. We had his daughter um, lay a wreath to honor um, the veterans a few, a few years back. We had uh, the grand, the great grandson of Jeremiah Jones, uh, who, who was at Vimy and captured a German machine gun. We had him go and lay a wreath to honor the soldiers. So we try to capture as many stories which are part of our Canadian history, part of our story and share it with our youth. Next slide, please. Um, many of our World War II veterans, like when they came back from fighting in the Second World War, the only job that they could get was that of a sleeping car porter or as a chicken plucker or as a shoe shiner. And when they unveiled the plaque to honor the, um, the porters in Montreal, um, one of them, when they were interviewed, because he was a Second World War veteran, he said, uh, we're all human beings. Your skin's a little different colored than mine. We have the same heart. We have the same blood. Your blood is red. Mine is red. People used to say to me, oh, you don't have red blood? And I said, well, what color do you think it is? You want me to cut myself and show that it's the same blood that you've got? 
and that was a Second World War veteran. And some of our Second World War veterans, they were at Dieppe and they fought at Dieppe, but Jean-Napoleon Maurice was a, a soldier and he got injured. And when he came back, the only job that he could get was that of a reporter. And some of them were saying, um, why, why are we fighting? What are we fighting for when we come back? Like things really haven't changed. And it would take like about almost 10 years afterwards for things to actually start to change. But uh, many of these veterans in the Second World War, they took their benefits and they went to university um, and they used those benefits to go to university. Some ended up um, getting land, some became entrepreneurs, but a lot of them, the only job they could get was that of a porter. And um, to learn more about our Legacy Voices project, um, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, we started in 2012, we started on the 12th of December, 2012. So 12, 12, 12 uh, is when we started it, when we prepared it, and then we launched it in uh, 2013. We started with one member who liked our page. And right now we have uh, over 9,300 members that are part of our, our, play, our page. Uh, we were contacted by the Toronto Catholic School Board in 2020 and they declared 2020 Afrocentric Remembrance Day. And they, like the director of education sent a note out to all of the teachers. So 161,000 students from the Toronto Catholic School Board were honoring like the soldiers on that day. We had a couple of webinars and some of the students would go and draw pictures of veterans and they, their teachers would write in and say that their students were then writing or, or drawing pictures of veterans that were black, veterans that were white, and also women. And they'd only seen a certain type of image before and they said they were very thankful for that. Um, in 2021, I have 2022, uh, we launched our website, uh, blackcanadianveterans.com. And in 2021, uh, we, uh, Black Liberators World War II appeared on the History Channel. And by seeing and observing that there was an absence or there was a void, rather than complaining about it, um, I said, well, let's see how, what I can do to change it. Um, the, uh, it took us like more than, it took us almost 10 years before we had a website and we ended up going to a school in Peel Region to say, you know what, perhaps you can, um, perhaps you can work with us and we can apply for a grant to go and build our Black Canadian Veterans Stories of War um, website because teachers were using our material from our, from our Facebook page, but they're saying that they could not use it in their school. So uh, with Veterans Affairs, we got a very tiny grant from them. We're most grateful for that. And we engaged um, a great group. We got historians, we got editors, we got video editors to create our website. I'm very proud of it. And we have, even though we just started it in November, we've had thousands of individuals um, visit, visit our site and share those stories because uh, we have both Instagram, because the kids today, they like Instagram. We have like, Facebook, we have YouTube. And um, I say, like, be the change that you wanna see, find a way and just do it. Um, 
And before we get to questions, I know that there was a slide, or there was like a video that I wanted to play that was honoring the Second World War veterans. The regimental sergeant major gets this all lined up and so on like that, and he refers to me as Blackie, you know? And so that's fine. I said, my name is Jacobs. There were certain stories coming out of some branches of the services that blacks were not needed or not wanted. The RCAF had a policy that was uh, printed right in its recruiting advertisements in the newspaper. You had to be of European extraction. So these um, video clips, many of these video clips of the black soldiers were part of the interviews that we did. I interviewed Calvin Marshall here, and his father was in the uh, First World War. So all of these videos uh, that we did, most of them we did in 2008, and they're all uh, closed captioned. We have them on the Veterans Affairs Canada website, but we own the raw footage. Um, this is Lloyd Husband, who was a signalman in the Second World War. So um, all of these uh, videos uh, for these men are, are being posted on the Veterans Affairs Canada website. And we're also using these these uh, videos on our Black Canadian Veterans Stories website so that our young students can learn more about them and see images and have them as more than just an audio file. You get to see a video file. And uh, we were able to get a young uh, filmmaker, Eric Grunt, in BC to go and I guess, like, uh, merge some of these uh, soldiers' stories with real images that go back like 40, 40 years. And this person here, Calvin Marshall, um, we have a picture of him. He was part of an all black hockey team, um, Legion 50. And his father was one of the founding members and many. So this is a picture here at Parliament Hill. And you can see me here in the picture. You can see like all of the veterans here. That's Bud Jones. He just died in September of this year. And this is part of our website, BlackCanadianVeterans.com. Um, I'm going to open the floor to questions after um, you get, uh, if you can show an image or just show the Black Canadian Veterans Stories um, website on the screen so everyone can see what it looks like. So these are the stories. So right now, I think you must have like about 40 stories that are part of our um, website. The person who is on the far um, left he turned 100 years old about a week ago. His name is um, Alvy Burden. So if you click on that, Jamie. Okay, and if you can scroll down to the bottom, you'll see uh, more pictures of him. So we were able to get in contact with some of the family members and we tell their stories and we um, put it on the page. You can go back up to the top. So, okay, so go back. Okay, so um, Roy Turner was part of the Queen's Own Rifles. We did this about five days ago. And the other person, William Weir, 
and we're not going to click on it just yet, but he is the son of cowboy uh, John Weir um, from out west. And if you scroll down a little bit further, you'll see different examples. Like this is his brother um, on the far left, Arthur Weir. And uh, we were able to get in contact with family members and also get a copy of the Bible that he was given when he joined up. Like uh, Oliver, uh, Ollie Johnson was from Oakville and he was in a non-segregated unit. And uh, he was very much involved with, 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 with sports. Um, the person on the left or on the right is Tamus Gale. We got in contact with his daughter. So his daughter, Padina, he, when he researched his 1300 or 1400 records, they donated uh, the records to me about 10 years ago. So we've been using the records from him as well as others to go and uh, share the stories of our Canadian veterans. If you can just scroll down a little bit further. You can see um, Lincoln Alexander on the far left. And we got this image, I'd never seen it before, but we got it from his granddaughter. And majority of pictures and images that we have have been gathered from contacting people through social media, through, um, through Facebook, friends of friends. And they would say, oh, I know a black soldier. Oh, I know this. And then we'd find and we'd research the soldiers or we would go and hand over some of these images and stories to students, to young students, to see if what, what they can add to it. And I know that um, this month we have like almost 200 um, students that are, that are gonna be researching soldiers. We have some that are in Guelph. We have like over a hundred in Guelph that are, that are researching soldiers. We have a seven-year-old um, student that if you scroll down a little bit further, no, further down, further down, further down. Ken Jacobs is on the far left. You see William Hall, who was the first person to get the, uh, the Victoria Cross in, who's a black man uh, in Nova Scotia. And scroll down a little bit further. The person who was in the middle here, like Miles Date, Miles Diamond, he joined in 1914 at Valcarche, Quebec. And his children served. And if you scroll down, and then you have here Sandra Reddick. Uh, she was talking about um, the experiences that she got in terms of sexism and how they tried to um, do things around. She had to go and, and leave because she was getting sexual advances. So all of these people are sharing their stories and we're sharing it with the youth. So we are encouraging people to um, visit the page and um, Lloyd Perry, he was part of the um, office. Um, I can't remember. Um, they'll come back to me. The person who's in the middle who's holding a picture of himself is Bud Jones. He just died in uh, September of ninth of this this past September. He was in our documentary, but he passed away before he got to see it. Um, the person who was who was next to him on the right. His name is Charles Somm, and he was um, he was killed. Uh, he was murdered. And I'm just going to go back up, and then I'm happy to go and answer any questions that anybody has to has to ask of me. Okay, so this is what the um, website looks like. Um, if you scroll down, so we just see here, you see we have like nine thousand 
399 people like the page. Perhaps one of these audience members can go and visit our page and be 9,400. That would be lovely. Um, scroll down. Scroll down a little bit further. Just keep scrolling down. See, and I mentioned Black Canadian veterans. I, put, I posted that on our page. Um, those little boys who are on the, the left there, um, we were teaching them a bit about, we went to this school and we talked to them about veterans. It's a, it's a video. I don't know if you click it, if it would work. Do you want to try clicking it? But he died after the war. Yes, but he came back safely from the war and then he died a lot longer. But he, look at all the medals that he has on. Look, his name Lloyd Turner, D-Day veteran. Thank you for asking about him. Do you have anything that you want to say? Thank you. <laughs> so we in, in, involved, these are grade uh, one and two students. So we go like, all ages, even we find, I guess, like, some kindergartens. So they want to learn more about um, the stories of the veterans. You can scroll down some more. So this here is Albie Burden. Here, there's a picture of he's holding himself. You can scroll down a little bit more. Um, this is Ken Jacobs. He was from Windsor. He became, he enlisted as a private in the Second World War and he exited as a private, but he ended up going back and um, he ended up being a Lieutenant Colonel in the RCAF. Scroll down some more. This is Dr. Stephen Blizzard. He was a jet pilot and a flight surgeon, and he got his wings in 1968. And he's part of one of the veterans that we interviewed. You can scroll down some more. Um, you all know about Viola Desmond. There was a Desmond that we, we profiled as part of our exhibit at Peel Art Gallery Museum and Archives that was related to Viola's um, husband. But this here is Viola's sister, Wanda Thomas Bernard, who just passed away. And interesting coincidence, her sister, Emily, was my Aunt Emily, and uh, her husband was my godfather, and she passed away at 104. If you scroll down just a little bit, you find people like hearing stories, and that's our purpose. So, this here talks about when the men came back, they couldn't get jobs. Like this was CBC. So like we highlighted like these stories and interviewed the person who's on the left. His name is um, yeah, Daniels. And his mother, Jean Cook Daniels, started the first Black library in Toronto. And she was an activist. Scroll down some more. This is uh, Fred Thomas. He was in the RCAF and he also was very much involved with sports. He was part of the Harlem Globetrotters. He, um, he played football, he played um, baseball. Um, scroll down some more. I don't know if there's any, any questions coming in. I think I see a question, did any? This is- um, Yes, okay, yes, we have ahead. another question. Yeah. Um, do you know any vets from Kitchener, Waterloo or Cambridge? And also thanks for this great resource. Okay. Not 
off the top of my head. I'd have to go and search um, our database by um, by name. But if I if you can send your name in, I can go and provide it to Heritage Canada, and I can give you examples of at least three or four. Because I know we have at least three or four who are from who are from Kitchener who who were veterans. So I'd be happy to do that. Thank you, Kathy. Well, maybe Kelly will send that off to you um, through the Facebook page or through your email. Are there any more questions from our audience today? And Kelly has responded that she will definitely get in touch with you, Kathy. Okay. Well, Kathy, thank you so much. It doesn't look as if we have any more questions in our, in our Q&A. Thank you so much for this incredible resource and this information. Um, Congratulations on all the really wonderful work that you've done. And we look forward to continuing the conversation with you as, as uh, we continue our research into our communities, um, Black Canadian veterans, and, and maybe uh, together we can source out some of that material and, and see if we can get them acknowledged as well. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And then when I go to the Toronto Reference Library, what I'll do is I will snap pictures of the pages that say Toronto Township. So that might help you until you get out there yourself. I know they've just opened up the libraries recently. Yes, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much, everyone, for being here with us. And again, we thank our sponsors, the City of Mississauga and the Community Foundation of Mississauga for their support. And we look forward to having you next week, um, next Wednesday, our third in the series. And we'll be welcoming Rosemary Sadlier, who has written a book on Harriet Tubman. So we're looking forward to talking to her about uh, her topic, Courageous Conversations, Black History in 2020. Thank you, or 2022, excuse me. Thank you so very much for being with us and take care. Thank you for joining us today for the second webinar in our series, Black Heritage Matters. We would like to thank Kathy Grant for sharing this presentation with Heritage Mississauga and for helping us to acknowledge the incredible contributions, perseverance, and sacrifices made by our Black Canadian veterans. It is through understanding the truth of our history in its entirety that we can build connections, understanding, and allyship for our diverse communities in Mississauga. Heritage Mississauga would also like to thank the Community Foundation of Mississauga and the City of Mississauga for their financial support to help us to continue to bring educational programs and resources, such as this webinar series, to our followers.